There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grombacher. Joining me, as always, is Centauri Minor. Hello, folks. Help us move from awareness to action this week is Mr. Rob Fulmer, the Executive Director of the Arizona Craft Brewers Guild. Welcome, Rob. Thank you for having me. Centauri, what is your favorite kind of beer? Oh, oh man, I should have been prepared for this. Quite. God damn it. Yeah, absolutely um, should have been. <laughs> oh man i was at huss brewing company yesterday and had their scottsdale blonde which was pretty good it was very light very refreshing so i actually do have an answer for you okay excellent rob do you have a, a favorite kind of beer sir <laughs> uh politically i i, I love <laughs> all of my children uh, yes <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will, I will say that I, I tend to, um, if I'm going to a brewery, I tend to start with their lighter styles to see uh, if they've nailed um, the styles that um, don't have anywhere to hide if there's something wrong. Um, I do prefer pale ale, and if you really want to blow my mind, uh, do a coffee pale ale um, with a nice, robust coffee aroma. It reminds me of my tech days being productive and then yet I have this relaxing beverage beer. And so it's just kind of a, a little thing, thing that you do with your mind, you know, kind of freak it out. It looks, it looks just like a pale ale, but it tastes, you know, a little bit like coffee, smells like coffee. Nice. That was my favorite. So wait, you give me, let me process this. Are you saying a coffee flavored IPA? This seems like very conflicting flavors. Uh, yeah, I mean, you get a little, you, you can get some bitterness from the roast, roast coffee, but, um, it's really about the aroma. And, um, since you mentioned Huss, uh, Blonde, um, they have a Kalsch with a coffee flavor to it. I don't prefer it only because I, I don't drink flavored coffees generally. And it has, um, sort of a vanilla, um, sort of almost an amaretto kind of coffee flavor, which people love. I, I just don't prefer it. Um, but that idea, and I will tell you that they probably have one of the most uh, robust aromas uh, for coffee aroma in that for that beer. Um, did a good job with it. I just wish they would have used different coffee. Yeah, fair enough. Well, there you go. All right, so give us a breakdown of of what the Brewers Guild does. Sure. Um, we basically promote and protect breweries. We do the, those two things. Um, some of us in some states, uh, and by the way, there's a, 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 a guild or brewers association now in every state, and um, I believe most of them have a full-time director. It was the 13th full-time director to be hired in the country um, to look after uh, our political interests uh, and also do some marketing and um you know, make sure that Arizona beer is, is regarded among the preferred things that people want to uh, drink when they think about beer. So uh, we represent close to 100 breweries here, uh, which manifests itself into about 130 locations. You know, you got some at the airport and restaurants and 
some uh, places like Lumberyard also is involved with Beaver Street, two, in, two, two independent brew houses, but the same company. So um, we represent them, and we also represent uh, a number of allied trade uh, businesses, people who sell our beer, people who provide hops and malt to our uh, breweries. Uh, so we work in partnership with them, and we do festivals. We sponsor Arizona Beer Week. Uh, we put on Arizona Strong Beer Festival, Real Wild and Woody, which is coming up at the end of July. We do a brewer's conference. Uh, we do some other partnerships with some other smaller events. So we try to really, you know, celebrate Arizona beer and, and, and work for our breweries and our consumers. I love it. All right. So certainly um, I think that people probably understand that an organization – um, if, if they were to look at, I don't want to call you a trade organization necessarily, but um, they understand there's probably an educational component to it. You're working to educate the public. I also imagine that you're working to educate the actual breweries as well. Is 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 that true? Yeah, it's absolutely true. Um, you know, the form of education, you know, kind of varies on, on um, the audience and, and where we are. Uh, I mentioned we have a festival called Real Wild and Woody, and just by virtue of having to explain what that is, we're educating people about beer. Uh, not a lot of people understand that it used to be put in casks and cask conditioned, and they didn't use gas to carbonate it. It was they added extra sugar, and in this uh, keg-like uh, container, uh, it would build pressure, and the CO2 would be absorbed into the cask and into the beer and it was served by gravity. Well, occasionally you'll see people serve uh, cask ale either by gravity feed or they have something called a beer engine. So that's the first component of that festival. Wild is uh, we use yeast that in microflora that's not traditionally beer yeast. So you'll get uh, spicy flavors, you get sour flavors, you can get um, rippy flavors just from the yeast. So that's the wild part and woody is barrel aged beers uh, another method of flavoring or treating beer so you know uh, that's enough education for you know the person who's never had anything more than a bud light uh, to understand what's going on um, but we also do brewers education uh, we have a conference and we bring in speakers from across the country we bring in uh, people from uh, uh, other parts of our industry from the sales side uh, to the brewery tech side. You know, we even bring exciting lawyers and accountants in to help nice. them run their businesses better. For sure. So there's that part of it. <laughs> so Rob, you talked um, kind of perked my ears up after you were talking about your scope of work, as you said, um, helping out with your political interests. And so are you at a, do you guys have lobbyists or would walk us through what, what a Brewers Association need to uh, have access to, or what would be those things that you're trying to get at in, in front of folks? Sure. Uh, oddly enough, um, the legal and tax issues have influenced uh, the actual nature of makeup of beer. Um, for example, in, in England, uh, they serve lighter uh, ABV ales because they were taxed by the amount of alcohol. In Belgium, they have stronger beers because they were taxed by the volume of their brewing equipment, and they would tend to beat the system a little bit by putting more grain in than most breweries would. Uh, so they're, they're these something called a turbid mash. 
Um, the long story short is uh, each capable areas of brewing beer with their own history, but it was shaped by tax law. Um, in the United States, uh, after prohibition, each of the states is uh, able to interpret uh, the alcohol laws in the way that they feel reflect um, each state. So the things that happened in California, Colorado, and now Arizona, uh, much more liberalized, uh, much more favorable to small batch producers of alcohol uh, than um, in the Bible Belt areas, uh, but even places like New Jersey or Texas. Um, in, in New Jersey, they're having a battle of other weather uh, breweries can sell beer from their locations. That's something here in Arizona we take, well, of course you can. Why They're making it right there. Why can't they sell it? Right. So we have these different sets of state laws. Um, and, of course, we have interstate commerce. So uh, things have to be, uh, there has to be someone looking out for the interests of the breweries so that the large corporations can't say, well, we, we do this this way and, and we need to be able to do this everywhere and uh, we don't care about small producers. Well, we, we, we are that organization that cares about small producers. So we've managed to um, sort of hold our own here in Arizona and uh, keep pace with what's going on in, in California and Colorado. Uh, clearly, uh, a lot of people have had those beers here in Arizona. Um, we're, we're behind in the sense that uh, we need to make sure that, uh, that we sort of capture our own market. I think for a long time, it was mostly out-of-state breweries that made craft beer and were successful here but i think we're we've changed the tide a little bit on it because um our laws are more fair when compared to those states so we look at that kind of thing we're looking at water usage uh, we're looking at being responsible about that um we have some of our breweries in something called western rivers which is an extension of the audubon society and talking about preserving our wild uh, river areas um we are also have uh, a wastewater treatment program where we made beer with polished wastewater uh, to sort of to demonstrate that uh, you can um, the technology is there to take wastewater to make it drinkable and to put it in a beer. And in fact, one of our breweries won a World Beer Cup medal with that beer. So uh, you know we're not actually out there directly changing public policy on water at this point as an organization, but we are informing people about how much water it takes to brew beer versus how much water, much more water the chip industry uses or agriculture. And that, you know, we need to be sensitive to treating wastewater and not just treating it, pumping it back into the ground. Um, there are uses for it. It won't necessarily be breweries directly all the time, but there are definitely uses for treated wastewater that we want people to be aware of. Got it. That's yeah. it. Go ahead. I was going to say, Rob, it's very um, – It's. I'm glad that you mentioned that because I don't think a lot of people make the, the connection between something that we interface with every day and then the laws and public policy that are behind it. So going through that was really helpful so that folks could say even something like beer, there is a public and legislative interest in that. So thanks for sharing. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, one of the things that's being worked on right now is uh, – being uh, for certain businesses to be able to sell, take online orders and, and sell them over beer. And the, the natural thing I think that people are looking at is uh, grocery stores. You can order groceries right now, but you couldn't add beer to that uh, cart and it couldn't be delivered. 
um, even though there are people capable of delivering to the right people and making sure that the ID is read and it's going to uh, a person of age. Uh, there was a little quirk in our law where they separated the pieces of a sale of beer into punks. And one of them was, uh, well, the act of a sale is initiated by the customer. And so if you put in a beer into a shopping cart online after 2 a.m., they considered that a sale, even though no product was delivered and so on and so forth. It was just the way the law was written because it didn't really anticipate online transactions. So together with other industry uh, stakeholders, people in the distribution uh, channel, people in um, retail um, stores, uh, us, the distillers, uh, the winemakers, we all sat around and we figured out how we were going to fix this. So we've been part of this omnibus process where we write consensus bills, things that help all of us. So, you know, that took a while to be able to, to, to be able to, uh, be valued as somebody that was, you know, could be able to sit at that table. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of little things and sometimes they don't add up to a lot, but, uh, uh, you know, as we speak right now, there could be a bill, you know, we got, uh, we have a lobbyist looking after that, uh, directly. Um, there could be things that work not in our interest and we'd have to, um, activate. Sometimes we just activate a few breweries or we'd activate with our, legislators that we know are looking out for our interests or sometimes we take it to the public. Um, we did that in 2014 for, um, SB 1030. So, um, you know, we have a lot of, uh, of tools on our belt, but we, we try to make everyone, we try not to activate anyone unnecessarily. So we come out with a public plea, you know, it's important. <laughs> Yeah, and it's just a matter of being organized, right? Having all your ducks in a row so that when you do hear about something like that, you're able to mobilize quickly and, and get people to make phone calls or send emails or, or, or whatever it might be to, to get in the ear of the legislatures to let them know that, hey, you know, this is going to go contrary to a pretty growing, a pretty big and growing industry. Exactly. And we have to be credible. I mean, uh, we, they have to know when we speak, we speak with one voice. And um, that we, you know, the one thing that we do have in our favor, um, because our breweries are great public spaces and you meet people and I, I really feel like you meet your neighbors, you're more likely to meet your neighbors in a, in a brewery than out on the street, especially in Phoenix when it's hot. Um, uh, I walk a dog, so I meet dog people. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, our, our, our advantage is that... Um, we do have a public face with a lot of uh, voters and, and um, you know, there's a lot of breweries that hang our sign that says what legislative district you're in. Um, we want people to know that we can activate and we can, and we're, we're a credible voice for both our breweries and beer consumers. I think that that makes a lot of sense and it's super important. And it was cool to hear that uh, you mentioned that every state actually now does have in fact a, a brewery guild of some kind. So I think that that's a powerful thing. Are, and I imagine you guys are, are pretty cooperative, but are you, in fact, pretty cooperative with one another? Yeah, uh, we, we have three or four opportunities to meet together. We just uh, had that last week. We were at the Craft Brewers Conference. Um, it's, uh, you know, there's, you know, we share ideas uh, because we don't actually compete with each other. Um, a good idea is a good idea for, for Georgia. It is for Illinois. It's for Arizona. And, you know, it's, you know, it's sometimes just how to, you know, motivate your members, how to, how to, how to, uh, 
put together a good uh, conference program. So we do work together. Um, we are working together on a, on a federal issue. Um, there's something called the Craft Beer Modernization Tax Reform Act, and that is abbreviated Kaboomtra, <laughs> CBA, C, CBMTRA. <laughs> uh, essentially, it took the uh, it took the excise tax and and cut it in half for most of the breweries in, in the United States, and it did some things for big beer, similarly, but to a lesser scale. It did some things for distillers and wineries. Um, Excise taxes are taxes that are paid, you know, outside of sales tax and any other tax that any other business pays. It's a it's it's a sin tax, more or less. You see excise taxes on imported goods. You see excise taxes on tobacco. Uh, um, I think automobiles have an excise tax. It's just like, hey, who can we charge a bunch of money to, <laughs> and no one will care. Well, we right. care. Right. Uh, most of that money in the last in the last tax cut that we got was for two years. Most of that money went back into the business. Um, so uh, uh, we're asking for an extension on that uh, coming up. Some of us are going to be in Washington, D.C. to talk to our legislators. Right now in Arizona, we have both senators uh, as sponsors. We have two or three uh, uh, congressmen. We have about six to go to, to lock our state up. Um, so we're excited about that. And um, we're also looking at some of the tariffs that the administration has put on uh, China. Um, unfortunately, I think that uh, some of those aluminum tariffs, 10% on uh, kegs, uh, everybody uses kegs, stainless, excuse me, 10% on aluminum. A lot of breweries use cans. Um, there's also something called the Midwest Premium, which is a uh, price estimate for shipping that um, some of us feel is um, uh, a collusionary tactic by some of the aluminum producers. Uh, there's 25% on stainless steel, Chinese stainless steel, and it has, has had the effect of putting some American companies out of business that either buy Chinese steel and manufacture brew house equipment or kegs. So, you know, we're, we're asking for some relief on that as well. Got it. Wow. I don't know that I would use the language of collusion, Rob. I think that America has collusion fatigue, so maybe uh, re- just, just <laughs> choose a different word. <laughs> outside yeah, of Yeah, maybe. Rob, outside uh, of- <laughs> well. Go ahead, Centauri. Outside of the, um, of the lawmaking pieces, I would imagine that the craft brewing uh, conference is actually probably pretty fun, though, right? Yeah, it is pretty fun. Um, so I, I have been going to that before I was actually in this job. Um, there are people that I only see every couple of years, and that's one of the opportunities to see them. There's a lot of networking. Um, there's a, an immense trade show floor with uh, brewing equipment and people offering services and goods and hats and swag and T-shirts and, uh, you know, all kinds of cool stuff. And then um, there are different tracks to learn. Um, you know, about brewing techniques, about business operations, uh, leadership, uh, building diversity, uh, uh, our own government affairs track. So if in in the spirit of what you're trying to do on the show, yeah, joining the Brewers Association as a member has a cost. Uh, The conferences are not inexpensive, but they're 
definitely a great place to uh, be immersed in what's going on. Um, next year, it will be in the spring in San Antonio. Um, for people who are interested in attending our conference, we'll have some information about that on ChooseAZBrews.com uh, within a month or so. It's at the end of July, um, one-day conference. So there are those kinds of opportunities, um, both nationally and locally. Nice. Appreciate that very much. So if I were to open up your fridge, would you have 50 different breweries represented inside that fridge, Rob? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, the dirty secret with Rob's refrigerator is that's where beer goes to die because uh, I do, uh, we do have uh, meetings at breweries. We do have events that go into the evening. Um, I'm more likely to have something when I'm out and out visiting my breweries or having going to some of these events. Um, when I go home, it's, it's, uh, bedtime. Yeah. Just, just, <laughs> I, I, so just some water for gosh sakes. There, um, <laughs> it's, it's full of Pedialyte. Uh, we, we do have a refrigerator in the office right now and, and we get stuff in there occasionally. Um, it's mostly for guests. Uh, most of the beer in our house would be for guests. Uh, my wife is a IPA fan and, um, so yeah, there's some her beer in there. Um, what, Rob, I, um, just quickly, what exactly is the qualification for craft beer? Like, if I, I what, what is the difference? So we, we, and uh, is there any, like, regulation? Like, or is it just, what does that look like? Uh, the Brewers Association has a definition, and um, they've been tweaking it for a while. And it was beers under a certain amount of barrels. It was 6 million barrels, which... Um, you know, some people will fairly argue uh, that that's a lot of beer, and it is. Um, and I think the push and pull on that is, well, we don't kick people out of the club for being successful, but we do we do want them in the club if they're independently owned. Um, so the other criteria that the Brewers Association has said that you can't be owned more than 25% by another brewery, um, and that basically is the constellation uh, Constellation Brands, ABI, Miller Coors. I mean, I think that's that's who that's addressing. It would be unfair for a brewery that was wholly or majority owned by one of those entities to have the say in what we do legislatively for Got that it. organization. That that's, that's the definition. And there are people say, well, what does that have to do with the flavor of the beer and all that other stuff? Like, no, it doesn't. But we have to define who we're representing or we'll get into some trouble with the IRS. Mm. So it's a necessary thing. Um, I, you know, in our state, if you want to call Fort Peaks a local beer, craft beer, I'm not going to argue with you. Um, but they're not independent any longer, and that may make some difference to you or not. But that's that's how we define a lot of our breweries now as independent. Um, you know, I you know I tell people that you know it's up to you to define what it is. Um, you know, uh, I think a lot of people will say uh, that it's small, you know, and what does that mean? Well, maybe maybe that you can see the brewery and, um, you know, that they uh, make some of the they, – they make some of the styles that are reflected in the, in the trends that are going on. Uh, they make some classic styles that people are familiar with uh, being craft. Uh, it's hard to say. Uh, there are some breweries – doing a great job of making, believe it or not, American white lagers. 
here, you know, in town. Uh, Paddle House made a silver medal winning light lager. Uh, Husk Brewing Company just released a light, a light lager. So, um, to me, it's it's uh, uh, how likely is that you're going to have a chance to talk face to face or meet anyone who's associated with making the beer. Um, that's a good place to start. Makes sense. So you've been the executive director for about five and a half years. Is that right? Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have to do math. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm just curious, what are, what are some of the kind of the top things that you've learned over that time? Oh boy. Uh, hmm. Uh, that it's a, still a job. It is, um, it has its challenges. Uh, it is probably one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. Um, so personally, uh, um, I enjoy the, I enjoy the people. I enjoy the freedom of, um, sort of charting our course. Uh, there's not a lot of playbook on what our organization should be doing or could be doing or how, uh, we should do our business as with the organization. Um, it's working with some of the smartest people that I know who run their own breweries that volunteer their time to be on a board or help with an event. Um, uh, those are the things that I, I value. And, um, I learned that we're part of the job. I, I kind of, I didn't know what to expect when I took this job. Uh, obviously all the, uh, stereotypical things like, yeah, you get to drink beer and you get to, you know, hang out at breweries and all that <laughs> stuff. That's all true, but uh, it's still a job. Um, and, um, you know, in terms of uh, uh, expectations going in, I, I got into the I got into the industry because I liked making beer. Uh, I thought I might open a brewery myself. Uh, I like the process. I like the different styles of beer, and so just you know, imagine everything going on in the glass of beer, right? Everything it takes to do that. But more and more, it's everything that's outside the glass of beer. I really think that uh, the value that our breweries bring is um, providing a social good to the community, providing a place that people can meet each other. Um, you're more likely to say, Hey, uh, what kind of beer to, to a stranger? Hey, what kind of beer are you having? Or what do you, what do you like here? Uh, what is that? Uh, it's a, you know, you won't do that in a restaurant. You won't go to someone's table like, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> right. What kind of greens are in that salad? Mm-hmm. You won't do it at all. Uh, so it's a great icebreaker. It's, you know, all kinds of uh, people um, you can meet and you would not be there except for that brewery. So, um, you know, I don't know if that's something you learn or something you just appreciate. Uh, I, I There are so many different brewery models. Uh, there are different ways of uh, um, putting together a business. Um, I would not have expected the, the variety of that. Um, there are a lot of... Uh, personalities involved and uh, it's a very political job internally and externally um i didn't realize it's that it's still i mean it's still a face-to-face personality driven business very important um so and i learned i I learned that uh traveling the country and talking to people who do my job and tasting beer and we're we're doing okay in arizona we're not, we should never have to say, Hey, we're not San Diego. So we're not worth anything. 
I think we have a lot of things that are much more appropriate for and of Arizona. I think we punch above our weight class. I think we reflect who we are as Arizonans better than other places represent their places. So I think our beer is pretty good. Uh, I think we're doing some great things and hopefully we can get a lot of these breweries that are new, um, the business legs, uh, the skills to endure whatever might come up in the future. That's, you know, that's what I hope. I love it. What do you wish that more people knew about craft beer in Arizona? Uh, I, I wish they would uh, maybe explore a little bit outside uh, to see what's available. I, I think uh, there are people who um, uh, maybe just uh, grab a six-pack because it looks new and they haven't tried it before. Um, I probably want them to you know, consider where it was made and, and who made it and uh, that it would be – that dollar spent would make – a lot more difference if they spend it with a brewery that made it here in Arizona. Um, I think, um, I think there is a sub sub segment of, uh, consumers that feel like breweries have to do stuff on the cutting edge all the time. And I don't think that's necessarily true. Um, I think, uh, I wish there was a, a better understanding of the people who are doing it well. Um, and creating um, great products for the grocery store and um, that are, you know, in more places because they're more accessible. Um, I think we'll get there. Um, I think we have this rabid fan base um, that, you know, uh, is very supportive but can be very exclusionary. Um, And then I wish we had a more diverse set of uh, consumers, customers, um, that would translate eventually into people in our industry. We... We do, I think, okay with women ownership, women in the industry, but they're still segmented into certain types of jobs. Um, we have a Hispanic population here in Arizona that I, I wish uh, we did a better job of reaching out to. Um, I will tell you, if uh, a strong um, upper middle class Hispanic uh, growth would mean that our state's doing pretty well, and if if we can. It would, it's sort of a bellwether. If we had, if we saw more of their faces, we know that the economic turnaround is working for a lot of more people than just uh, who, who it traditionally has. So um, it's something that we're looking at. Uh, how can we reach out to more a diverse customer base? How can we be more appreciative of, of uh, the, the few that are uh, in craft beer? How can we help them? You know, that's, that's what I hope people would look at. Outstanding. Perfect. Centauri, other thoughts? And <clears throat> answered all my questions. Just thanks for being on. And uh, I, I really liked how you talked a lot about how there are things, um, some externalities outside of just tasting beer that you have to deal with. And I think more and more people should realize that industries are, there's a long list of scope of work in any industry. And you did a great job of explaining that. So thanks. Excellent. Yes. Uh, thank you. Um, go ahead. No, please. I, 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 thank you. Thank you. I, I, it's uh, it's important that people know that um, it, it, there there is a um, 
the fact that there's a lot of work to do in, in what I do means there's a lot of potential. There's a lot of business potential. There's a lot of um, economic development potential. So as we, you know, get better at these things, um, hopefully um, we'll start to see some of the, the returns in what happens in our stage. So, um, you know, one of the things I love about this job is if I do a really good job, I know I'm making my state better. That's the most political politician type thing I would ever say. <laughs> I will not be elected to be, you know, any represent. I, but, but if I do this really well, I know that the business community of the types of business that we represent that are fairly middle of the road, uh, not too, you know, right leaning or left leaning. They're just good people. Um, I know we're doing okay if, if they're doing okay. So, um, you know, Awesome. Good stuff. Well, Rob, where can people learn more about you and the, the Arizona Craft Brewers Guild? Uh, we have some uh, Facebook accounts. Uh, we have uh, the Arizona Craft Brewers on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. We have an Arizona Beer Week account uh, for Arizona Beer Week uh, on those platforms as well. Our website is choosezbrews.com. Um you know, people with uh, questions can reach out to us through the uh, website. We uh, are looking for people to partner with us, uh, businesses. Uh, we have a great demographic. Uh, uh, we target uh, our, our, our consumers are and are, uh, you know, a better mix of male and female than a lot of other things. Um, there are. Uh, they skew a little bit older, uh, but with a little more money. Uh, we're seeing, though, um, people in their uh, uh, formative drinking years going right to craft, though. So we're excited about that. Um, so uh, people can reach out if they want to be involved as a as a business or uh, if there's a brewery in planning or if someone wants to get in the industry, uh, chooseazybrews.com. Reach out to us through the website. Excellent. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Rob. Hey, thank you guys. And I look thanks. forward to hearing this uh, when it comes out. And um, I'll, I do have uh, I do have a, a, a podcast playlist in my car. And I think I've got like five or six on there. So I'll, I'll add you guys. And I'll try to catch up with what you got going on. I love it. Perfect. And thanks as always, dear listener, for listening. And as always, keep questioning because the struggle is real. On behalf of Centauri and I, thanks as always for listening. Please subscribe to the show, leave us a review, and feel free to share the show on social media. Thanks a lot.